Welcome to Mindset for Success, a We Global Studios podcast. We explore the psychological challenges that many successful women entrepreneurs face while building their businesses and how they have overcome them. I'm your host, Dr. Leslie Knutson, and I'm very excited to welcome to today's show, Caddy Earle. Welcome, Caddy. Thank you. Caddy is a supply chain management consultant and a human potential and success coach. Caddy facilitates a program called Thinking Into Results to help people set the right goals and show them how to achieve whatever it is they want in life by understanding how our mind works and how that can determine our success also in business. Kathy, would you, Kathy, would you start by telling our listeners a bit about your growing up? Yeah, sure. So um, I grew up in Holland. Um, my mom was Dutch and my father was English. And my mom was a very liberal Dutch person for her time. And my dad was a very conservative English person. So the two cultures clashed anyway, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, and the two of them together gave me two very different outlooks on life. So I, I, I kind of got the best of both worlds, I would say. And, and what did you pick up from them that made it the best of both worlds? Um, I think I picked up for my mom to be very open-minded. And she taught me from a, at a very young age, really, that anything is possible. Um, so if, if I want to do it, then I could do it. Um, and my father was much more conservative, I suppose, and more um, in line with what society dictated and, you know, what, what the norm would be. So we all are sort of in our what we call paradigms and we have our own framework. And he was not really thinking outside of that framework, whereas my mum would be very much, no, um, you know, if, if it doesn't feel right for you, then don't do it. Or if it feels right for you, then you'll find a way to kind of make it happen. And how did you know when to use which paradigm? <laughs> That's a really good question. <laughs> so that was actually, at a young age, very, very confusing for me. Um, so, yeah, so I tried to, I suppose I tried to really fit in with society also because, you know, the father figure and, you know, you want your dad to be proud of you and all of that would come into play. So I very much wanted to fit in um, and... At the same time, I knew that some of the things that I wanted to fit in with weren't actually really right for me or, in my opinion, not necessarily right in society. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so a, a, a confusing time, I think. But I think the overriding fact was that I did know that if I put my mind to something, that I would be able to, to find a way to do it. Mm-hmm. So tell me a little bit about your entrepreneur entrepreneur journey. What pushed you to become an entrepreneur when you did? Um, So I sort of rolled into the corporate world um, very early 20s within logistics. Um, I don't don't actually think anybody has a dream when they're a little girl that they want to become something in logistics or supply chain. Mm -hmm. So I kind of, in fact, I wanted to be a princess and I wanted to be a secretary. That was my dream. (laughs) And um, so I started... um, Temping with uh, a company called Heinz, which you know people will know from the mm-hmm. beans and the ketchup, uh, and I sort of rolled into 
a career there, really. And I always worked in supply chain, but I had a lot of different opportunities and I did, you know, quite a different variety of jobs within supply chain. Mm -hmm. um, and I suppose I, within that, I was probably quite maybe entrepreneurial because I would always look for how can we improve the status quo? What can we be different? You know, in the different cultures as I worked all, all over Europe and each country has a very different culture. You know, how can we do what's right for everybody in the business, for the business itself, for the people. Mm -hmm. And then um, after 21 years, my job, uh, I was at the time uh, in ocean freight logistics, buying the ocean freight, and my job moved to Holland, um, which was a fantastic opportunity for me because I was always very homesick living in the UK <laughs> and wanted to go back. Anyway, long story short, I couldn't go because I'm divorced and um, I couldn't take my son over to Holland, so obviously I didn't mm -hmm. go. Mm -hmm. um, but that meant I lost my job. Mm -hmm. And um, at the time, I was connecting with a couple of people who were quite entrepreneurial. And they said, well, rather than look for another job, why not start off for yourself as a consultant? And that's mm -hmm. what I did. And it worked well. And I've never looked back, really. Tell me a little bit about your diverse and international background. Do you think that helped you make the decision to become an entrepreneur? and kind of stay with it over the years? Uh, yes, probably yes. And also my upbringing, I think. And, and realizing that when I came out of the job at Heinz, because you know I started there at quite a young age and most of my adult life I had been in a very secure job, um, just realizing that there is an other world out there. Um, and so the more I started to sort of work for myself, the more ideas I started to get of, you know, how can I build my business? What else can I do? Mm -hmm. um, and and that was in the beginning uh, really all about um, logistic consultancy. But then I thought, well, there must be other ways, you know, with it because I have a, a massive network, mm -hmm. but other ways for me to also help people. So I started to diversify in connecting for instance, logistic service providers with people in my network who I knew needed help with their job, and if I if I connected and introduced them, they'd you know they'd be able to do their job better. Mm -hmm. um, and so I I really enjoyed that, um, but then I also felt there was something sort of missing. I did my although I enjoyed it, it's not I'm not really that passionate about it. So I was looking for something that would grab me every morning and you know make me want to go to work and help other people. And that's how mm -hmm. I got into the coaching. Mm -hmm. You seem like a woman who takes risks, leaving the Netherlands and then moving to the UK for work and then staying in the UK after your divorce and starting your own business after leaving Heinz. Tell me about how you manage risk. Well, it's funny you should say that because I actually um, sort of believe that I am very risk adverse. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But, but I probably... I, probably I am I am not risk adverse. Mm -hmm. um, certainly not from a, um, not from like a personal level or a social level. I'm quite you know I'll go out there. I'm quite socially confident. Um, but you know I would I wouldn't for instance put bet my money for instance I wouldn't put a big bet on something or I wouldn't put. Um, you know, invest my money in something that that I wasn't 100, nearly 100 percent sure um, mm -hmm. would give me a return. But I have learned, and partly through through kind of following the coaching program, that actually 
um, risk. There is, there is a silly risk, which is, you know, putting a bet on something and you have no, you know, you, you really don't know whether you're going to get a, 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 return. a return on your investment. But I, I do know that if I invest in myself and if I trust myself, then it isn't really a risk because I, I, I now have learned over the years, I'm, the, I'm 50 and I'm finally re- realizing this, mm-hmm. I can rely on me, you know, and I have a very good network of people around me, um, you know, good, good friends, good family, very supportive group around me. Um, so it doesn't feel like a risk. Maybe mm-hmm. it is, but it doesn't feel to me like I'm taking any risks. So when you left the Netherlands and moved to the UK, at the age of 20, it didn't feel like a risk. No, no, it just felt like something I could do. And it mm-hmm. more felt like more of more of an opportunity, I suppose, than a risk. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a different way of looking at something, isn't it? Um, mm-hmm. It's it's all about your perspective and how you, um, how you relate it to something else. So, you know, one person will see something as positive and another person will see the same thing as negative. And I think... Mm-hmm. Uh, I probably see an opportunity and I, you know, I, w- I will think about it and I'll, I will do my due diligence and, you know, sort of make sure that I'm not doing anything crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, then it feels like an opportunity, not a risk. And what do you think the benefit was to have two very distinct and different cultures on board growing up, Dutch and English? Um, I think... I think it's uh, made me very understanding of other people and of situations. And uh, it has given me from a very early age the kind of capacity to shift my perspective about things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, uh, you know, I, and I, I tend to, help, you know, all through my life, that's the feedback I get from my friends and from my um, you know, family and my colleagues that I give them another way to think about something. So they'll come to me with a problem and I'll go, well, what if you look at it this way, then you'll feel better. Um, yeah, so I think it's made me quite open-minded. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And in terms of your work, has it helped your work to be more open-minded? Uh, yes, so I think an example would be um, when... Uh, when I managed logistic contracts for Heinz uh, in Northern Europe, um, I would do that in five or six countries. And I think the fact that I understood I understood that there was a different culture in each country and I, I could tailor my approach. So I think I was quite successful in achieving the objectives that I needed to achieve because I have that understanding of, okay, well, you know, someone in Italy might, you know, throw their arms around, but it's nothing personal. It's just the way that they mm-hmm. look at things or, you know, mm-hmm. I think I might have mentioned this to you before. Um, mm-hmm. I would be in Germany and they talk about German efficiency um, and I would have, you know, the same agenda points for a year. And then all of a sudden everything sort of worked out. It worked itself out. Mm-hmm. Um, and whereas a Dutch person would go, okay, well, let's go and do this and they'd be on with it the next day and it would be done the week after. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. mm-hmm. Let me ask you this. Are you someone who feels like she hasn't always fit in? Oh, yes. Never fitted in. Never felt like I fitted in. Um, and, I, and I don't know why, because very recently, um, I kind of feel like I fit in because I fit in with me. And that's mm-hmm. all I need to fit in with. And, I, you know, like I said, I have a very 
you know, very close friendships and close family. And so, yes, I do fit in, but I never felt that I did. But then talking to people, I think hardly anybody feels that they really fit in. Right, right, for sure. And when you say, not now, but previously, that you felt like you didn't fit in, when, where and how did you feel like you didn't fit in? Oh, anywhere and everywhere. Um, I would always think that I, I was, wasn't good enough or I couldn't do my job or you know, mm-hmm. we'd talk about imposter syndrome. Oh, for sure, I, especially mm-hmm. at, at work. I would think, well, why do people think I know this? And I, I knew it, and I did always did a good job. Um, mm-hmm. And like with, with my business, I've I've built, I've been a consultant now for seven years, and mm-hmm. um, like I've I've tripled my income in the last eighteen months because I put my mind to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I must be, I must know what I'm doing because otherwise that people wouldn't engage with me or people wouldn't contract me again or you know people wouldn't want me to be their coach if they didn't feel I was helping them Um, do you think part of the reason why you've tripled your business is because you you now feel secure about you for you or you with you yeah definitely I think and I think that comes across and I feel that I'm doing it more from uh, how can I so from inside out rather than from outside in so I'm doing things because I want to do them and I feel that I, I do them in my way now and I'm confident that my way is okay. It doesn't fit mm-hmm. with everybody, but it mm-hmm. is okay. And, you know, I'm much more relaxed about, um, yeah, giving myself a break really and just thinking I've got many years of experience and, yeah, people seem to like it. <laughs> and do you think... The trying to fit in made you feel not so confident in the years past? Yeah, definitely, yeah. Because I, um, I think if you're trying to fit in, uh, it, it's, well, I think you, you, you want to fit in because you have no confidence, but it also then kind of dis, disintegrates your confidence, so it's sort of a vicious circle. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I, um, yeah. Say, ask me again. Tell me a little bit about self-confidence. What growing up made you feel like you weren't necessarily self-confident? Or was it moving to the UK? Or was it staying in the UK after your divorce? Where did that come from, The sometimes not having self-confidence? Um, well, I think I moved to the UK because I wasn't feeling self-confident. That wasn't a confident thing to do. That was more of a getting away Mm. away from a situation but you take yourself with you don't you so that didn't really um change i think um uh, when when i grew up my mom actually had mental problems she was um psychotic mm-hmm. and I, I was 10 11 when that kind of first reared its head mm-hmm. um and i think that that will have knocked my confidence or my faith that the family unit was always going to be there and strong mm-hmm. um I think peers, I think, um, I think my, my mom herself was not a confident person and mm-hmm. my dad wasn't really a confident person. He, you know, for instance, he would never get angry cause he'd be worried what people would think. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think maybe to an extent you're born with confidence, but I think it very much depends on your environment, how you're brought up and for sure, for sure, you know, for sure. even before you're a teenager, I think um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that affects a lot. Yes. And you said that 
it's only been recently that self-confidence has been part of who you feel like you really are. Do you know what changed that? Uh, yes. Um, so a couple of years ago, I got diagnosed with breast cancer. Mm-hmm. And um, um, so I had, a, I had a lump removed and I had chemo. I had to do all the treatments. But I knew I was going to be okay. But it was all you know, preventative treatment. And mm-hmm. I think the moment that I found out... I just because prior to that I'd been very depressed and very anxious for many years, really, which again I think is part of the reason why I got the breast cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just, I think the first thing that made me realize was that I want to live and I want mm-hmm. to be happy when I get up in the morning, most of the days. Mm-hmm. And the other thing it did was it made me really realize and feel in my heart that people loved me and that I loved people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that was, and I think if you have that in your life, then you then you have confidence because, you know, everything else is nice, but that's really you put your health and your relationships yeah. in the right track then. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think that gave me the confidence. Yeah. And did that mean that you were less anxious and less depressed about letting people down? Yes, absolutely. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. because I, I didn't... Um, Yes, I suppose I would. I, I I grew up thinking that I always needed to be better, or I needed to do better, or I needed to, or the people pleaser and a yes person. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so yeah, so I think um, it's re- it's a realization that I would never let someone down deliberately, but in life, in relationships, we do let people down, and we don't intend to, and mm-hmm. vice versa as well. You know, I realize people are not letting me down per se. It's just some things just don't go the way you expect them to go and that's fine so you also take things less seriously it sounds like you're not so worried about being not perfect or yeah and um yeah because i think i always wanted to be perfect and then you live your life in a a certain way and you hide away pieces of yourself Mm -hmm. and until you see all the pieces of of yourself i don't think you can be yourself Mm -hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and just acknowledge that that's okay. You know, like I, like I love my child, no matter what he does or doesn't do. I I might not always agree with him, but I mm-hmm. I, I always love him. Yeah. So in some ways, losing yourself by trying to fit in was probably um, sad and difficult. Uh, yes, but I do also realize it's made me the person that I am today. Mm-hmm. And, um, and and you know, part part of trying to fit in. It's, it's like a bit of an ego thing. I suppose we all have our egos. But mm-hmm. it did drive me on in my career. And I realize now that the career that I had at Heinz is perfect for what I'm now doing in life, being an entrepreneur and, and, and working for myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's wanting to fit in and wanting to do well and you know wanting to impress someone. That kind of spurred me on, I suppose, at the time. And do you think that's part of the reason why coaching is so rewarding for you? Uh, I think so, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, I love coaching and I love, I, love, I love talking to someone and by the end of the conversation, knowing that they feel a bit better or they know better how to help themselves or, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. because, it's, because everybody, you have to help yourself. But sometimes you just need someone to give you an idea as to how to do that or um, show you that there's a different way. Um, mm-hmm. 
-hmm. to do things or to think about things. Did you ever use coaching um, when you started your business? Um, I did, yes. So I, I have therapy because I felt I had to have therapy um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because I was uh, oh, you know, for over the years, on and off over the years. Mm -hmm. um, and then I got introduced to the program that I facilitate myself now, thinking into results, uh, which was really more, much more focusing on understanding, as you in introduced me before, how does your mind work and how does that mm -hmm. help you to achieve the things that you want to achieve? Um and so, yes, absolutely. That that has given that has helped build my confidence as well to understand why I think the way that I think, or why other people think the way that they think, and really knowing that you can change that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. When you're really, really busy and things kind of feel overwhelming, and you've got lots to do, yeah. how do you manage? How do you manage that emotionally? Uh, so sometimes I scream. <laughs> and I'll, I'll say to my friends I've screamed at the sky today um, so I have learned over the last couple of years probably that when you're overwhelmed really the best thing to do is to take a break and to just mm -hmm. say to yourself right I'm going to take this afternoon off or I'm going to take tomorrow off Mm -hmm. Because I know that the frame of mind I'm in at the moment, I'm actually not being productive. And mm -hmm. the things I'm doing are not doing my business any good. Mm -hmm. And it's not doing my family any good. So I'm going to take a day off. Um, and then I, I sort of know that I'll feel better after that. And it's, mm -hmm. it's um, and again, this is what the, this coaching program has taught me. There are natural laws of the universe or natural scientific laws. And it's a, uh, the law of ebb and flow and we all have ebb and flow in our life and and mm -hmm. sometimes when we're very busy lots of things to do maybe not just even work but you know private life you know think people things to do to go to kids to look after you know lots of things and they all come together at the same time don't they when you're busy you're really busy because mm -hmm. um, then everything is, is asking for your attention so so just the understanding that there is ebb and flow and that some days I'll feel better than other days. Some days I'll be more productive than other days and for it to just be okay. Mm -hmm. and, um, and I think being able to be kind and gentle and aware of yourself, you know, is also a result of having understood the family and friends that are so close and so supportive of you that absolutely. they are they want you to take care of yourself and yeah. it's easy to take care of yourself knowing you have this big supportive family and friend uh, group behind you. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think also realizing that, um, that I have more to give when mm -hmm. I make sure I'm okay. And it's not in, not in a selfish way, but you know, mm -hmm. if, if I'm run down or overwhelmed, I, you know, I'm very impatient with my son or I don't see my friends or, right. Right. You know, things get to me. So I'm a. I think we all are a much nicer person to be around if we are okay in ourselves. A bit like, um, you know, the, the two soldiers in the desert. One of them is injured and one of them is okay. And there's there's one small bottle of water. Who drinks the water? Mm -hmm. You know, the guy, the, the the soldier who's well drinks the water because he's going to be the the one that's going to get the, the the injured soldier out of the desert. Right. Uh, right. you know putting putting your own your own um 
oxygen mask on in the plane. They say, you know, put your own mask on first because if you're okay, you can then help others be okay. Of course. Um, we're going to have to uh, stop, believe it or not. We're at the end. Oh, wow, that's gone so quick. You're <laughs> <laughs> great. If people uh, in the audience wanted to learn more about you, where would they look for you online? Uh, probably um, through LinkedIn. Okay. Um, and then I'll be on the Kath, um, Kath Earl, actually, because that's my official English name. Okay. K-C-A-T-H, right? Kath. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Great. Yeah. Katty, thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate oh, thank it. Thank you for having me. I've really enjoyed that. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Have a good evening. You too. Thank you. Bye. This podcast is brought to you by We Global Studios, the first startup innovation studio and digital DIY startup platform for women entrepreneurs around the world. For more information on our guests, this podcast, and many other female founder programs, please visit weglobalstudios.com. I'm your host, Dr. Leslie Knutson. Please drop me a line at mindsetforsuccess at weglobalstudios.com. See you next week.